What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Um, it is officially race week for the 105th Indianapolis 500, and we got a lot to talk about this week. Going to put out a short episode here, kind of talking about qualifications and what we saw there, and then we'll get into an actual race preview show um, here later in the in the week, um, but wanted to get a show out um, and kind of talk about qualifying, what I saw um, being out there both days. Um, but real quick, want to give a quick shout out to Trent Pullman at TP Designs for designing a logo for the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Trent's an awesome dude um, who I've met through iRacing and has just been a really awesome uh, dude to work with on several different projects. So um, big shout out to Trent on that. Um, but we have a lot to get into that happened this weekend. Um, I want to go through a couple different things. I want to actually talk about the results from qualifications. I want to talk about the format issues that everybody's been talking about, um, give my take on that, um, and then kind of just run through, you know, who made it, who didn't make it, um, fast nine and the last row shootout, because those were kind of the highlights of qualifying weekend. Um, so really quick, um, I want to touch on the format. We'll knock that out, uh, here at the B, the front half of the show, um, I, I did not mind this format the last couple years that they've had it. Um, but I think we seriously need to take a look at going back to, um, the format that we had, I believe the earliest I can remember it was 2011. Um, when they, one of the first times I introduced the fast nine shootout, um, which the fast nine shootout is a phenomenal concept. I absolutely love it. Um, but it's everything else in between, getting into the fast nine and being stuck in the last row shootout that I think really needs to change. Um, and I really hope that IMS and IndyCar take a look at this as we start to get closer to the new engine package and hopefully more cars, maybe a third manufacturer. Um, but used to the way the format worked is Saturday was pole day. Sunday was bump day. You know, we're on this condensed, you know, one week of practice and qualifications. Um, but on Saturday, Qualifications would start around 10.30. Practice would go from 8 to 9 a.m. And then at 10.30, 11 o'clock, we would roll out for qualifications. So a whole hour and a half, almost two hours earlier than we did this past weekend at the Speedway. Um, so that does one of two things right off the bat. One, you start at 10.30, you have an hour and a half of cool temperatures in the morning. And so it gives that you know bigger speed potential you know, room to go for a while there as you go in the order. Um, so I do think that that, that would help the speeds a little bit, which is obviously something that they would like to see. They'd like to see higher speeds. I think that's a way to do it. It's not much, it's not detrimental, but it doesn't give, you know, the first five guys a, a tremendous advantage going into qualifying the way that this format did this year. Um, but then typically qualifications in the old format would go again, 10 30, 11 o'clock. They would go until 4 PM that day. At 4 p.m., qualifications would stop, and there would be a transition on pit road for 40 minutes to prepare for the Fast 9 shootout. And the Fast 9 shootout would go from 4.45 to 6 o'clock when the gun went off. Um, I can't exactly remember. I would need to go back and do some digging if they got multiple attempts in the Fast 9 shootout back then. I believe they did. Um, But the field was not locked in at 4 o'clock. The only people locked into the race were the fast nine. So rows one, one, two, and three were locked into the race, leaving pole day. When you leave pole day, you have your, your first three rows are set. You have your pole sitter. 
But then positions 10 through 33 are still up for grabs um, going into Sunday. Now, this year we only had two cars getting bumped, so I understand there's a probably a reasoning behind you know, why they did it the way they did it. But what that would have allowed for Sunday is it would have allowed for guys like Simon Pagino, Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin, Graham Rahalt, Kumasato, um, heck, James Hinchcliffe, Marco Andretti, Will Power, Sage Karam, Smode Silvestro, all these people who have been <clears throat> towards the back of qualifications for the whole day on Saturday now could have had a chance to move their way further up. Now, I think they could do this in the modern you know, way that we have things formatted. I think that something similar could happen. So then kind of what was going on back then is there was bumping up until a gun went off at 6 p.m. Um, and that was really, really dramatic to watch and a lot of fun um, as a fan. I think this is totally doable nowadays. They could do two days of qualifications, 10.30 to 4 p.m. Track is open for qualifications at 4 p.m., Pit road is converted over to shootout format and you get the fast nine shootout done on Saturday and then you do the last row shootout on Sunday. But that opens up the entire day for people to improve their positions, bump their way further into the field. And that way, if Sage Karam is going quicker than Dalton Kellett in 30th, he's not starting 31st with a faster time. Um, I just think that is so silly. I think it's... It makes it way too complicated. I think people should be able to leapfrog further up the order if they're genuinely faster on day two than they were on day one. So, I don't know. I think the format needs to change. I'm not saying nobody did anything wrong. Um, you know, what Dalton Kellett did was just very, very smart, and they played the strategy um, to the system absolutely flawlessly. But I do think there's a way we can make to where Sunday, <clears throat> the big problem I had with Sunday this weekend is there was so many gaps in between the sessions so we had an hour break in between the practice sessions in the morning and the last row shootout and then the last row shootout they could only make two runs so we kind of sat there for about 30 minutes of the the hour that they were doing the last row shootout and there wasn't any cars on the track we're just kind of sitting there killing time and then everybody scrambles in the last five minutes to go and try to make a run then we wait another hour to do the fast nine shootout and then they do the fast nine shootout. We're happy. Yay. Pull sitter. Scott Dixon in this case. And then we wait another hour and then we kick back off into the final practice. I just think there was way too much sitting around on Sunday when they could have condensed it and they could have opened it up for qualifications all morning and then done the shootout later in the day. And then obviously move the practice session to Monday. I understand this year's a little different. They're trying to keep things condensed, but <clears throat> this format has to change. I just don't, I don't think it's the best product. Um, I think it, it fits very well for a TV window, but I don't think it's providing that Indianapolis 500, um, you know, format that we're so used to where there's just lots of qualifying runs throughout the whole weekend. And, you know, again, you, there's so many people that could have bumped up a whole row on Sunday if they were given the chance to go out and run. You know, it, the more time you give people to do those kinds of things, the the more competitive that the field's going to get. So I don't know. That's my take on the format. I've unfortunately talked for seven minutes about this, but um, getting into the actual results, a um, couple notable deals here. Um, your front row is Scott Dixon, Colton Herta, and Renus VK. Um, I think that is one heck of a front row. Um, I will get into this more when we start talking about the actual race, but um, the fast line was awesome from top to bottom. It was super entertaining. 
um, and we saw a lot, a lot of really big speeds, um, speeds I was not expecting to see at that hour of the day um, for sure. But yeah, good fast night qualifying. Um, I think a big takeaway that I had outside of the speed was just Alex Pillow's recovery from hitting the wall and only getting under 10 laps in that car prior to going out for um, his fast nine attempt. I think that was super impressive and it shows what kind of driver he is. Um, you know, he pulled himself together, went out and he technically improved one position from where he was originally going to be starting, which is, you know, that's a success in my opinion, given his circumstances. So, um, that was super cool. Then we go to the last row shootout. Obviously, Will Power got stuck in there. Charlie Kimball, RC Anderson, Simone de Silvestro, and Sage Karam. Um, I think this is a pretty predictable outcome for this, and I think almost everybody I talked to was pretty convinced that it was going to be RC and Charlie going home. Um, I'll probably do a little mini episode after the month of May kind of talking about my thoughts on Top Gun racing and kind of how they went about their month of May. Um, I give them props for getting up to speed as quickly as they did, but I think losing two days of track time absolutely killed their momentum um, going into qualifying. I just think that was not the move. We saw what happened with McLaren a couple years ago. Um, I think that is really, in the end, what shot them in the foot more than anything, um, was just losing that extra track time to go out and learn about the car. Um. Charlie Kimball just wasn't up to speed really all week. Um, and I just, I mean, it's a Foyt card. I think Foyt bit off too much um, this year. I think they should have stuck with three cars um, or done a partnership with, say, Top Gun Racing for that for that fourth car. Um, but I understand why they did it at the same time. Um, so, yeah, no surprise. I was pretty convinced after walking out of there on saturday that will was going to have no problem making the show unless something detrimental happened which it very much almost did but will made the show sage made the show and simona rounds out the field in 33rd um but overall it was a really really good weekend so good to be back at the speedway i've said it so many times already um but we're kind of starting to feel some normalcy to our lives and i think you know we're starting to kind of feel like Things are, are kind of just back, which is good. Um, and really qualifying both days felt like they have in the last several years that I've been. Um, there wasn't a whole lot different. The crowds were awesome. It was so good to see people come out for qualifications. Um, and I think the Speedway did a really good job executing um, with their, um, you know, the way they had the track set up for fans. You know, fans got to enjoy Pagoda Plaza. They got to walk around, you know, along pit road some um, there was a decent amount of access to the race drivers, which was awesome for people like me who are memorabilia collectors. Um, so it was just, it was overall, it was a good week. Um, I was really, really happy, um, with how IMS did. Um, I think they, they really, really hit it out of the park, um, given what cards they've been dealt. So, um, yeah, that's qualifying, and we got carb day on Friday and then race day, and it's been two years since we've been to the Indianapolis 500, and I am so stoked for this weekend. All sorts of stuff going around town um, this weekend. We've got um, Tony Holman Classic is actually going on as I'm recording this, and then tomorrow we got the Silver Crown Cars at Terre Haute, um, and Friday night will be the Carb Night Classic. I will be going out there for that race, um, possibly out to carb day, just kind of got to see what the schedule and the weather is going to do. 
Um, and then Saturday, we've got the memorabilia show that is actually at a remote location this year, not at the Speedway. Um, would highly recommend checking that out if you've never been. Really, really awesome event with a lot of really, really cool collections and a lot of cool things you can find out there. Um, but it's the Indian memorabilia show. There's info about it on Facebook with the exact address and details and when it is, but that is on Saturday. There's some driver appearances going on that I've been trying to hit. Met Kumasato last night, which was cool. Um, and I believe there's a couple others going on between now and Sunday. So all that to say, um, qualifying is complete and we have our lineup set. And in the next episode, I'm going to try to bring in Aaron who, from the IndyCar Scoop, who was in the previous episode, and my buddy Corbin of Chip Ganassi Racing, um, and kind of get both of them um, and kind of how they're feeling. Obviously, Corbin being tied to Ganassi, um, you know, he can kind of give us a little bit of insight on how their cars are really, um, you know, handling what what he kind of sees from you know the end of the shop, um, kind of how those are looking. But um, and then Aaron has obviously been around the sport for a while, so. Really excited. I think I'm going to try to get both of them on for a preview show. If not, I will go solo and give my thoughts and opinions on that. Um, obviously, it's pending everybody's availability. So wanted to get a quick episode out about qualification format and just kind of highlighting the two major events of the weekend. And, yeah, it's race week in Indianapolis, and I'm very, very excited to say that. So thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and I will see you guys in the next one.